It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 1st, 2018. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We're officially two weeks away from the NBA Draft Lottery. I'll have more details on the NBA Draft Lottery show coming up. Uh, in the coming weeks, uh, but I will do another Google Hangout, so stay stay tuned, stay with or lo- with Locked On Magic for details on that show. Of course, my name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a quick episode. We're going to talk about two players, continue our player evaluation series. We'll talk about two players who didn't quite have the seasons they wanted when they did play. There were some encouraging signs, some causes for concern, of course. But largely, their seasons were lost to injury. We'll talk about Jonathan Isaac and Terrence Ross on today's show. Just to reiterate some some site announcements or some podcast announcements, tomorrow will be the last episode of Lockdown Magic for the week. I'm going to take some vacation time. I, 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 as I've mentioned kind of peripherally, um, I am going in for a surgical procedure uh, later on this week, so I will be unavailable for the rest of the week and maybe the beginning of next week as well. Uh, I'm hoping to start podcasting again Probably by next Wednesday or Thursday is is my aim at the moment, um, but uh, it, we may not hear from me until the NBA draft lottery. Unfortunately, I'll try and keep everyone updated uh, on my status. I'll try and keep up with what's going on with Magic News as well. So stay tuned to LockedOnMagic.com. You can also check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and of course follow me on Twitter there at OMagicDaily. Routine kind of low low key surgery, but it is going to knock me out for. For a few days, uh, so I, I don't know how much I'll be posting to the site on Orlando Magic Daily. I don't know how much access I'll have to a computer for a while, um, but I do want to note so you're not surprised that hey, there's no podcast on Thursday. What's going on with Philip? Um, uh, uh, there's a reason that that I'm out, so I'm going to take a little bit of vacation time uh, right before the NBA draft lottery, and then of course we'll dive right into the NBA draft lottery uh, when it gets here on May 15th. I'm hoping to have a great show planned for you there. In the meantime, while I'm out, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and your favorite team. Looking to get the lowdown on what the Boston Celtics think after the Game 1 victory? You check out Locked On Celtics, one of my favorite Locked On podcasts. Looking to figure out how the Utah Jazz pick up the pieces after their loss to the Houston Rockets? You check out Locked On Jazz. There's a Locked On podcast just like this one covering every team with the excruciating level of detail that you expect. I've been listening lately to actually Locked On Suns. They've done a great job covering their own coaching search, which of course is peripherally related to the Magic, as well as covering some NBA draft topics as well. I've been a guest on their show before, so I definitely suggest you check out some of the other teams uh, around the Locked On podcast that work. There's a great podcast just for you, so be sure to check that out. 
Let's dive right into today's topic. I'm going to talk about two players who really missed a good chunk of the season. So there isn't a whole lot to say about them, except that they did a lot of the things that the Magic really needed throughout most of the year. And I th- I would argue that if both Jonathan Isaac and Terrence Ross had fully healthy seasons, the season would have turned out very, very differently. In fact, you can really point to Jonathan Isaac's injury specifically as a turning point in the season. Well, whether it was him or not, that is certainly up for debate. I think there were signs the Magic were getting ready for their fall um, at the time, but maybe Isaac's absence made things just a little bit worse. Jonathan Isaac, obviously, is a very important player for the Orlando Magic. They picked him with the sixth pick in the draft. He is essentially the original Jeff Weltman player. He's the guy that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond picked first. Not Jonathan Simmons, not Shelvin Mack, not anyone else. Jonathan Isaac is the first player that Jeff Weltman, John Hammond added to this roster. And with a sixth overall pick, obviously, that is a huge investment. And so there's a lot of hope and a lot of expectation placed on Jonathan Isaac's shoulders. They knew when they drafted him that he'd be a little bit, a little bit of a project. He wasn't someone that was going to step right in and be Rookie of the Year. And I think a lot of Magic fans wanted a guy like that or, or felt like they needed a guy who could take over games with a scoring. That's not who Jonathan Isaac is. Maybe one day. But I kind of doubt it. The, 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 the rap on him was that he tended to fade into the background maybe a little bit too much. That was, that was certainly a criticism of his uh, while at Florida State, that he just deferred to older players a little bit too much, didn't, try, didn't take over games, just, just wasn't in his nature. But what was in his nature was something that made him extremely valuable to the Orlando Magic, especially when he came back, especially early in the season. Jonathan Isaac is a naturally good defender. There's that quote he had in, in Slam Magazine where he said, defense has been really easy. It's been easier than I expected in the NBA. That's not to say he doesn't think that he can continue to get better. I think he does believe that he will continue to get better on the defensive end. But he also knows that he already has that NBA skill. And, and the coaching staff, Frank Vogel's coaching staff, knew that he had that NBA skill already. And that made him extremely valuable to them. Not only extremely valuable to them, it made him a player that they could throw out on the floor and trust almost immediately. You see, young players struggle on defense, and that's how they struggle to get a coach's trust. Isaac was the opposite of the typical rookie. His offense lagged far behind his defense. For the season... The Magic had a 101.5 defensive rating with Isaac was on the floor. A team best mark. And when you watch Isaac play, look, defense is an all-one player. But when you watch Isaac play, you could definitely tell there was an increased level of defense on the floor. He definitely raised the team's level of play up a notch. Just a single notch. That's all it needed. And so now the Magic have to figure out, okay, how do we continue to get more out of him? Obviously, the injuries played a huge factor in the way his season went. On November 11th, with the Magic sitting at 8-4, and four, Jonathan Isaac sprained his ankle pretty severely. Whether there was another injury on top of that, the Magic never said. It was always a sprained ankle, and, and when you have a sprained ankle, the expectation is, oh, you missed maybe a week, maybe two weeks to really heal it. And then you're back in the action. 
Isaac missed something like 57 of the next 60 games. Isaac essentially missed the rest of the season with that with that ankle injury. He came back for a three-game stint in December, retweaked it, and was back on the shelf until just after the All-Star break. It was bitterly disappointing, and you could see the disappointment in, in him with that he couldn't be out there playing. Because when he was out there playing, he did some really, really good things. It might have all just been instinctual at this point. But his defense was far beyond the level of a 19-year-old, 20-year-old rookie. He was playing at such a high level on the defensive end. He was making mistakes, but he was so good at recovering that you just can't help but be impressed with the kid. Should he be? Would he have been in rookie of the year conversation? No, he doesn't have the scoring chops for it, and his offense has a long, long way to go. His final stats. 5.4 points per game, 37.9% field goal shooting, 34.8% from beyond the arc, 27 games played. What he do, what he did, what he did well, isn't quite captured in statistics. And even with those relatively meager statistics, Isaac still took steps forward. Kind of each time he went on the court. When he did get some extended playing time, when he did get extended minutes in the starting lineup, you could see him getting more comfortable offensively. The only problem was there just was a setback seemingly at every turn. He wasn't able to take that full step forward. Or at least play long enough to get that step forward. And so now a lot of it's going to have to come in the offseason. A lot of it from working on a shooting mechanic, something that he worked on all season, to just getting his legs back under him, getting back into game shape, something that, that takes a while. That's something that Isaac will have to do without the benefit of games. I suspect that we will see a very different Jonathan Isaac come Summer League this year in July. And I suspect that Isaac will be a, a big player at Summer League this year. But obviously, it's a long way to go on the offensive end. And whether he is truly a building block piece right now, the Magic really don't have a choice. He is an important player. He is someone that the team has to at least peripherally build around. I wouldn't say centerpiece of the franchise building around him like that. But I would say the Magic have to at least be thinking, okay, this is a guy, this is a core piece, this is a guy that we want to keep in our system, keep with us. How do we get the most out of his skills? How do we use him to get the most out of our team? That's the really big question for the Magic this offseason. Isaac is a central figure, no matter how you cut it. But this year, it was difficult to judge. Just absolutely difficult to judge. He just wasn't on the court long enough to make any major conclusions about him or his play. But Isaac certainly has that potential. We saw him flash that potential throughout the season. And there have been people who want to call him a bus after one year. That's silly. 
People want to call him injury-prone after one year. That's not as silly, but I think it's silly. I think his injuries were random this year. He needs to be healthy, absolutely. But I think the Magic saw that they got a pretty good pick in Jonathan Isaac. And they can be really, really happy with him. Sure, they passed on Donovan Mitchell, but no one was taking Mitchell at six that year. And if you think that, you're using hindsight to think that. Isaac's going to be good. I am certain of that. He's going to be a player who can contribute to a winning team and to a winning culture. But right now, you got to build the culture to develop him and continue that growth. And we'll see if the Magic do that this summer. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The next player we want to talk about is another player who suffered a lot, who suffered an injury this year and missed almost the entire year. Really, again, kind of a turning point injury for the Magic, and that is Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross this year played in only 24 games, Shot 39.8% from the floor, 32.3% from beyond the arc, 8.7 points per game. It was not a good year for Terrence Ross. It was his worst statistical output since his rookie season, one of his worst shooting seasons of his career. Just before Ter- just after, just before Terrence Ross went out with his injury on November 29th, he actually asked Coach Frank Vogel to take him out of the starting lineup. Spent four games coming off the bench after that request before he got hurt and missed essentially the entire season. Really only two games, actually, because he played two games at the end of the season. But I think those numbers, again, don't quite capture how good Ross was. Yes, Ross was not hitting three-pointers, and it was a huge concern for the Magic at the beginning of the season, even though even though they were winning. But what Ross was doing was the threat of his three-point shot. Teams respected his shooting even with poor percentages, and that gave the Magic more space to operate. Just respected it a lot more than Jonathan Simmons. And that was a constant problem throughout the season that it just felt like the Magic's, Magic was too congested with not enough shooters on the floor. The other thing Ross did, I thought, really well all year was he knows where to be defensively. He is someone you can trust absolutely defensively. He's not the best one-on-one defender. He's not the best on-ball defender. But off the ball, he is always in the right spot. He's always making the right reads. He's always making the right coverages. And he made a lot of really big defensive plays for the Magic as, as they got out to their fast start defensively. And when he went down with that injury, I think the Magic really missed him. 
on November 29th against the Oklahoma City Thunder as the Magic were preparing or would eventually snap a, a, a nine-game losing streak. Terrence Ross sprained his MCL and fractured his tibial plateau on a nasty fall in the third quarter. Or second quarter. It's one of the quarters. There's four of them. And that changed his season. Ross was on track to come back in January or shortly before the All-Star break when he bruised his bone in a pickup pick game. And the Magic, being that far out of the playoff race, decided to scale back his recovery and let him rest. Ross ended up playing two of the final three games just as a getting-his-feet-wet experiment. And he looked rusty in those games, so we won't hold it against him. To be sure, this was not the season that Terrence Ross wanted in any way, shape, or form. The guy looked absolutely heartbroken and sad that he could not be on the court all year long. If you followed him on Instagram, I'm sure he loved being with his kid and 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 he seemed like he was having a good time. But when you looked at him around the Magic facility, he wanted to be on the court really bad. In fact, on several occasions, he would tell the media that he thought he was close to playing that he was nearing return, only to have Coach Frank Vogel say he hasn't practiced, he's weeks, not days, weeks, maybe month, maybe a month. There was a little bit of a disconnect there. But Ross really wanted to play. And honestly, like I said, I think the Magic really needed him. I think they needed his three-point shooting, or at least the threat of his three-point shooting. They needed his defensive IQ and his defensive positioning. They needed all that throughout the season. And they just didn't have it. Injuries played a big role in this year. There's no getting around it. The team did not have the depth to withstand all the injuries that they faced. And it's not to say that Jonathan Isaac or Terrence Ross's injury was more important than anyone else's. I think Nikola Vucevic's injury in December was humongous. Aaron Gordon being in and out of the lineup at the junctures that he was hurt his growth a little bit and hurt the team as well. But I do think the extended absence of Jonathan Isaac and Terrence Ross really killed the team's defense. I think you could see the team's defense really slip after November when they lost probably their two best defenders. I mean, Ken Burchie can throw in there, I think. But uh, Terrence Ross and Jonathan Isaac are probably their two best, two of their best defenders, at least two of their three best defenders. And that absolutely killed the Magic and their season. It's not to say Terrence Ross was good when he was out there, or at least offensively, left a lot to be desired, and that's that's something he has to work on and improve. He entered the season with high hopes that he would have a career year from beyond the arc, and it just didn't happen. You knew he was going to eventually get back to his median, or to his mean. But again, injuries prevented that from ever happening. And for both players, and for the Magic, they must hope that Ross will bounce back next season. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Just again, as a reminder, you can uh, we'll be tomorrow will be our last episode for the week, probably our last episode for a little while. I'll try and keep everyone updated on LockedOnMagic.com as well as at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at philiprr underscore omd and at omagicdaily. Well, I'll be back again tomorrow. Don't worry for another episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 